Hi, it's David inviting you to a free career workshop this Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. At the workshop, participants would have the opportunity to learn from a recruiter what the number one mindset every interviewee can adopt to boost their chances of landing an offer. For more information, go to www.thefreshstarthub.com forward slash event. What advice would you give to the younger chica? Wow. I think I will say the same thing. Just believe in yourself. Uh, believe there's nothing you cannot do. Even when people say you can't, uh, show them you can, not by talking, but by showing them, by doing it, by, by just being focused, remain who you, you know, who you are, let nothing change you, and take it one step at a time, mm. one step at a time. This show is Risking It All with Dr. Chika Onwekwe. If you haven't heard part one yet, go back and listen to it. That is the episode right before this because you need that for context. Now, let's dive right into part two of Risking It All with Dr. Chika Onwekwe. Thank you for that. And um, just a follow-up question to, to my last question. I'm sure you have experienced challenges and um, people see you today, an executive at a, at a massive global organization. And oftentimes people view leaders like yourself as invincible. To prove that you are human just like the rest of us, can you share some of your biggest fears or faults and how you've worked to overcome them? Thank you so much, Dave. Uh, one of the things that you, you learn from me as you work with me is that uh, I do have what I call, uh, you know, I can do attitude. Mm-hmm. And, and, and nothing, nothing fizzes me, you know, um, and, I, and I mean it. But even then, there are fears, there are faults, and I'll share some of them with you. Mm-hmm. One of my greatest fears, and always from day to day, month to month, year to year, is have I done enough to empower others? Have I done enough? to lift somebody up? Have I done enough to impact the community that I live in? What else can I do? And, and that's something that bothers me a lot, uh, something that keeps me up at night. Is there somebody that I may have offended as I reflect in, in the way that I've, I'm, because I'm quite straight and, um, and, and direct. Uh, there's no, it's no point. I don't know how to massage things when I tell you that, but I'll do it respectfully as well. If, uh, if, if I need to uh, come to you and ask you for something, I will come to you and ask you for something. I'm not going to ask somebody else to ask you. I got to ask you directly. And that's fine. If you tell me no, I'll still go away. But I'm not going to go away with my head, you know, bent down. I'm going to come back again, either to you or to somebody who might actually do that. So the question here is how much have I done? That's the fear to make sure that I've impacted the society in a good way. So that's a constant for me. On the fourth side is that I'm a sticker for excellence, uh, a sticker for perfection. How do I get results? I love results. Um, story, you can tell us lot, as much stories as you like. The question is, what, what's the end game here? What's the result? And, and, and I follow the result because that's what gets you ahead. That's what gets you. So when somebody is trying to give stories, I try to direct you to the result because the result will get you where you're going. But if you continue to see things as problems, 
as, um, as roadblocks or as opportunities for you to think, be creative, uh, allow your mind to help you succeed in the things you're trying to do, then you're, 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 you're selling, yourself, uh, selling yourself very sharp. And then last but not the least in terms of fault is I'm, I'm self-driven and I just on the go always. And most times take more than I can chew, but because things come up and people mm -hmm. are asking me for, for one help or the other. And yeah, you look at it sometimes. It's not that some other person cannot do it. And you can give all the reasons you want to give to, to, to dock that one, but they are coming at you again. And, and, and then you try and find a common ground to help because you know you're taking something off their shoulder. The question is, how much are you taking so that yourself, you're not overburdened? But again, once you take it on, because of that perfectionist thing, getting results, I'm going to get it done. Um, and I've relied on people to help me do things too. I know how to motivate and get people to work with me, not work for me. They work with me. We work together. But at work, those who I supervise know that it's a teamwork. And if we succeed, they succeed. If we fail, the failure is on me. I take it that because that's the way it is. That's who I am. But that makes them feel confident to be open to me, to tell me things that are worrying them, knowing that it's never used against them. You'll not see it in your evaluation. To be able to come to me and say, I can't, I, what do you think about this? Can I pick your brain? Of course. And that's not, that's, that's actually a good thing that uh, people can talk to you and know that they're not scared that you use it against them, that they ask too many questions or that they can't figure it out themselves. And sometimes that's where coaching comes in. You can then coach them to doing it right and doing it themselves so that next time uh, they now know how to get the water rather than asking you for water. But uh, there's something I'm very curious about. Did you ever know that you would grow to this level in your career to become an executive? Did you... Was it something you planned or did you ever know? Well, I would say that I've always wanted to, to actually lead a company. Um, uh, if I was in a law firm, I would like to be not just a partner, but a managing partner. Um, I do know that I'm good with people, that I can motivate people to work and get results. Uh, so when the first time I was approached to work in-house, I didn't want to. I, I, I didn't think uh, it's something I needed to do because I believed at that time, wrongly so, that in-house counsel never worked. All they did was to farm jobs out to us who were external counsel. And uh, I was enjoying what I was doing. So going for that coffee with a headhunter was something that I, I, I look back and say, I'm glad I did. Initially, I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to go for this coffee. And the guy kept on. Uh, he persisted. He was like me, he would persist, find another way. And it's, you know what, Chica, it's just a coffee. Let's go for coffee. I've had headhunters call me before and I will always say no. Uh, he called me. I said, no, he didn't like the no. He kept coming. And uh, I'm glad I did answer him. I went for that coffee and he told me about this company. Looking for, uh, try, he didn't want to mention their name at that time, but that's Tricam. Looking for somebody who's got, uh, you know, solid experience internationally and who can do deals across borders uh, because they were planning to go international. But he wanted to re reveal the company to me. And, uh, and, and, and then when he showed me the, the ad, it was so, so inviting. I was like, these guys may have just picked up my, uh, my resume and drafted that who they were looking for. So I, again, I, I didn't have to be open. So I went back to my boss uh, at uh, MLT, McPherson, less than time then. Now, um, so I, I went to MLT Ekins now, that's what I call now. And I went to Jim Kebby and I asked Jim, who was my guy, who, the guy that told me that I need to write like a, like a Canadian. <laughs> and I confided in him and I, I bless him. You know what, he took that into confidence and told me how 
yeah, we, we had a good conversation, and then and then uh, the rest is history here. But no, I, I, I when I entered uh, uh, Tricon, I wanted to rise to the uh, to the to 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 the position that where I am today. And I remember my boss who hired me, and I did tell her once that I, I was going to I was going to take her seat. I hope she's looking for somewhere another seat to take. And I, I did that as as a you know just cracking joke what we used to do in AA that uh, I'm coming for your chair. I hope you're looking for another chair because. Uh, and and I don't think she took it very well though. But uh, the good thing was uh, when the opportunity came, I was out of I was out of Tricon actually. I was in another company as their general counsel when Tricon approached me now to come back and 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 head a legal group uh, in the position that I am in now. So it's a good opportunity, a big one for me for that matter, but also an opportunity for others to 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 dream and follow your dream and and know that no matter what, no matter the obstacles. See those obstacles as opportunities along the way that would make who you are and so that when you get to that position of, 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 of authority where you make decisions that impact others, you remember where you're coming from. You don't get there and forget where you came from so that uh, in that wise, your success becomes doing something that positively impacts others because success is not about your bank account. And I've said that before, even when I was in Nigeria, it wasn't about the, the next uh, building you're going to acquire. It was how do you impact other people to succeed? Because when others are succeeding, or when others look at your story and see something positive that they can take out of it to make their own lives better, then that's success. That is, that is amazing success because collectively you become even stronger than an individual tree. In a follow-up to your, to your reply to what you just said now, do you think there's a proven formula that if someone follows is guaranteed to make it in their career or even in life? I, I, I hate prescriptions, I'll be honest with you. I don't think there's a formula, but, but there are a couple of things that would come into play. Be yourself, believe in yourself, have a plan, but be flexible, like I did mention before, and accommodating of ideas, because your own idea cannot just be the best idea. Be accommodating of other people's ideas. See how you can meet people halfway. Uh, provided they are not veering you off your video, veering you off, you know, um, the, the good things that you've learned from your parents, how to, you know, do the good rather than do bad. And then networking, it's important. It's important to network within and outside your communities, within and outside your workplace. The typical thing with immigrants and those of us, you know, come for coffee. Ah, you know, I'm working. Of course, it's good to work, but also. The way it's been framed here is that there's time for coffee. Go for that coffee. Even if you don't want to pick coffee, you know what? Just even if it's water, but it is the work and the talk and the conversations. That's where people build trust. And if they can't trust you, they can't tell you what is happening. And if they can't tell you what is happening, your progression is dependent on so little now rather than so big. So widen that network of friendship and all that. Then most importantly, this is a country where volunteerism it's so important. So I will enjoin people to continue to volunteer. When you volunteer within and outside your community, even if it's uh, during the uh, short period of time when kids are out uh, doing hockey or doing soccer or whatever, volunteer. It is important. When you volunteer, people know who you are. Your neighbors know you. And it's not important uh, that you volunteer once until you volunteer again. No, it's a life cycle thing. Because when you volunteer, it's a way to give back to the community. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, because the community has given you something back as well. And we're working on the shoulders of those who came before us. So the more you volunteer, the better for all of us and the better community will build and a better person you turn out. And that would increase your, because if I see you volunteering, doing something, and I have somebody looking for an accountant, as mean you're an accountant, and I'll say, wait a minute here. I just talked with, uh, there's this guy that I always volunteers in our, you know, soccer, youth soccer team and all that. And uh, he, he actually read accounting and he's good, actually. He's a good person. That is putting, you know, that's, there's no better advert than that. And you get that call. And you're not volunteering because you get that call, but that happens as a consequence of you being around and being around good people. So, yeah, that's, thank you so much for, for that. So let's talk about this whole pandemic going on. You know, especially in the in Abata, a lot of people's career has been disrupted as a result of this pandemic. But I believe that all hope is not lost. How should immigrants and newcomers and even some international students who, who are graduating or who have graduated during this season, how should they strategically navigate their careers in the midst of this present crisis and uncertainties? Yeah, thank you so much, Dave. Uh, it's it's just, uh, yeah, it's heart-wrenching, to be honest, uh, in terms of what is happening. And, and especially for for friends and colleagues and, and those new immigrants uh, coming into the job market here in Alberta. It's the, the market is just not what it used to be. But it's still a great place to live. Uh, it's a wonderful place to live. Uh, people are friendly. Uh, as you know, we didn't have a stampede this year because of uh, the coronavirus. And uh, uh, Stampede, it's something that brings the city together, the city of Calgary and, and, and the whole of Alberta here. And, and um, well, it's also the time that we see politicians of, of all stripes come, come in to, to chat with people. So, so we missed Stampede and we're hoping with the vaccines that uh, we're hearing, uh, these things will be of a thing of the past and we'll have a Stampede next year. But coming back to your question, yes, um, I, I think uh, this is the moment I call the breakthrough moment. Uh, oh, sorry, preparing for the breakthrough. You, you need to prepare for that breakthrough. Uh, one, one colleague of mine called it get set, you know, get set for what would happen. Um, some people are back into retraining themselves, um, going into YouTube and all that, doing all sorts of things to to re reinvent themselves who they are. That is fantastic. All those things are good. We can't stay idly by and watch this time go. This is an opportunity to retool, to prepare yourself because there will be a time sometime next year when this is all done, the economy will book, come back again, roving. But are you ready at that point in time? Um, would the job market not want your skill set because you know it's left you behind? What do you need to do? So depending on where you are and where your own skill set is, it's time to to retrain and re reboot. Now, as you know, the, I'm, I'm part of the Black North Initiative. And, and the Black North Initiative, as you know, is basically uh, focused on rooting out anti-Black systemic racism. And, and we know that it exists. We know that it exists, whether we deny it or not. It may not be as much as we have in the US, yes. But it does exist in Canada. But the good thing about Canadians, you know, um, of all stripes, they listen to each other. They don't talk across each other. They listen to each other. And they are willing to engage. And we've been locking Black Knot now to have over 366 CEOs of major public companies and private companies sign on to our pledge, our seven-item pledge to root out systemic racism and work with us in the Black Knot uh, team to, to ensure that this happens and, and come in, allow us into the organizations to help them craft 
how these things are going to happen. And that helps because that way, when you now get employment into any place, or if you're already employed and part of that group or organization, you can ascend to whatever your skill set and, and, and your experiences will take you rather than you, you being plateaued. When you get a place, you can't go on there because uh, they can't pronounce your name or they, you, you don't look like other people in the boardroom or at the C-suite management table. No, it's because now they have realized that diversity and inclusion is important. Not to check a box, but they have a group that is not judging them. We are not judging them. We are not judging. Rather, we are saying, this is who we are. Can we talk? Can we have a conversation? Can we engage? And when you engage with somebody, you network properly. And when you network properly, they open their doors for you. Remember that if the table was turned around and, and people were in Nigeria or some other African countries, that is the same thing. You're like, are you coming to take what I have? But if they see that it's the, the table, the pie can be bigger than we think it is and that everybody can be part of it to even make it even bigger for everyone, I think that's what we're honing in. And I'm asking our brothers and sisters to, to continue to retrain, to continue to get the new in thing that they need to get ready, that this is coming. We have we have the government of Alberta, for instance, under Jason Kenney, is into it as well. We have one of our brothers, as you know, as a minister in his government. But beyond that is, he is walking the talk, not just talking the talk. And as a premier, drives things. The same with other CEOs, uh, my own CEO, Another CEO see inclusion as part of it. Recently, Tricam expanded to include uh, uh, an indigenous uh, person in our group. And that indigenous person is helping us to craft the way we are relating with the First Nations people because she knows better than we do. We, it's not uh, a top-down approach. Rather, it's an inclusive approach where she drives it and we are following to learn, to expand our knowledge, and to use that knowledge to work in a way that is inclusive of the First Nations. And I think that's great. And that's something we're trying to do with Black Knot to make sure that offices and corporations and, and the government people are opening up to people like you and me to see us not as coming to take over from them, but to increase the pie so that the Canada that we know as a mosaic of all cultures will be all there for everyone. That's very, 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 very interesting. And thank you so much for all you're doing for the community and um, for supporting all these amazing initiatives. What advice would you give to people who are making the plan to relocate to Canada, people who are new in Canada, people who have spent a couple of years in Canada, but they are still struggling to find their footing, and also international students who have so many questions and they're trying to find answers to them. What advice would you give to them? That's a big one now. <laughs> That's a big one, Dave, but uh, I, I'll try. And, and I'm going to be honest to, to them. I'll start with those who want to relocate to Canada. If you want to relocate to Canada, it depends on what kind of relocation you want to do. I would like you to do it legally. I would like you to do it in a way that, that when you come over here, as you know, Dave, uh, if you come to Canada without your papers, it's it's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, from 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 the health system to the um, to even the job market, you you are underground, and before you know it, you're deported. Mm -hmm. Why do you want to go through that? Um, so I would like you to come legally, uh, and and the Canada legal way, it's it's so good, uh, provided your papers are good. 
um, and, and then you don't lie. Don't lie on that form that you feel because uh, that's giving yourself uh, a way not to succeed uh, in that application. Be honest with the application because even when they reject you today, you can come back in three years' time or two years' time and then you tell another story, they would end that form that they had already. And, and, and that, that doesn't bode well for you at all. So first of all, come in a legal way. Um, do you need a lawyer to help you come? It depends on you. I don't think you do, but some people think they do. So I think my lawyer friends will not like it when they hear me say that. But uh, it depends on the, your own story, your immigration story. So it's, it's always good to consult. But also if you have friends or relations who are here and who can be honest with you, ask them questions and be open to them. Ask mm -hmm. them the hard questions. It's, it's important that you have that, uh, those things answered up front rather than you come in and then you're, 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 you're disappointed. If you mm -hmm. travel to Canada as a visitor, I'll advise you to always go back and uh, you can make your way back to the country uh, in so many ways than one. So again, keep it legal. If you want to be a student, apply early. Uh, learn to write your personal statement. It's important. They don't know you. Uh, some of the schools in Nigeria now may not be known to them here, uh, but look for professors who know how to write good, good references because Nigerian professors will always say, yeah, he was a good student. What does that mean? You need to tell a story. And if you don't tell your story or they tell the story of your students, and that's something that is not good. So Nigerian professors should learn to write proper um, um, references for students because when I was teaching at U of C and part of the admission committee, that was something I realized quickly too, that when you see, you see a Nigerian student that's scoring 80, 75, and we know that in Nigeria, when you get 75 or 80, that is huge. Mm -hmm. uh, but we see people from other places and I won't mention them here so that people don't think I'm, think I'm insensitive. Uh, they, they get 100, 99 and all that. And, and that's good because that's who they are. That's the mark that they own. Nigerian Professors will tell you, why would they give you 90? Who the heck are you? That's wrong. But even then, when they write a reference, they don't tell the story of, listen, 18 in my class is like 100 or 90 in some other places and other jurisdictions, which is because they know that. And tell the story, how do students try and thrive and how creative they are, if they are creative. Tell their story. Because if you agree to write a reference for somebody, it's not just uh, he's a good student. So that's one for relocation. For new Canadians, uh, new immigrants coming to Canada, especially from Africa or any of the black countries, one of the things I would say to them is, you're new in the country, please, this is your new place now. That's your country. Don't try to replicate what happens in your own country. There was something there that you left to come over here. Try to learn the system here. Learn the system and mesh yourself in the system to succeed. Now, it's not, it's not assimilation, no. Learning, learning the new culture. Like when I came to Canada and I was told that I, I need to, if I go to somebody's house, I, I need to take off my shoes. I think I was like, are you kidding me? Take off my shoes and I asked the question, why? And it was explained to me. I remember Kurt Tischler, the, uh, the director of, uh, of international studies uh, or international student affairs at uh, University of Saskatchewan, an amazing human being. He, he just looked at me and answered me because I was like, no, 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 take off my shoes in front of somebody's house. And he told me about the snow, about all kinds of things and the debt he brings to the house and then how it became culture and all that. That is nothing wrong. And now I do that all the time. I, I love doing it actually. Um, so, so again, learn the culture. Be an open-minded person so that you can take a lot in. Again, like I said, you need to be a sponge willing to absorb a lot. That way, 
you are able to unpack the things that you, you know, the, the, the old habits and, and then new habits and things that would help you succeed in our place. I see most new immigrants uh, around the university here or when I travel around. And once I see people and it's minus eight below or minus 20 and they're not wearing their jacket, I know they are new immigrants. And these are, and I stop by and I say, guy, just wear the jacket. You've got it. I'm not cold. Of course you are cold. Before you know it, there's a frostbite. Before you know it, you, you have a pneumonia. Before you know it, you're sick. That's not what you came here to do. Just bundle up, you know. Those are your beautiful shirts and, and pants. You're going to wear them during the summer period. Um, and that's just one tiny example. But that goes to tell you that if you don't acclimatize, if you don't live like the, like the people in the country that you visited and where you are part of now, uh, the rate for success will be, will be minimal. But if you do have an open mind to absolve, I think that would help your journey. And again, Rome was not built in a day. Don't think that you come here right away. Again, like I said, tell those you're supporting back home that there's a new chapter here now. There's a new chapter. Give me some time. Give me some time. I, I, I recall one of my friends then wanted, as a student, had to buy a car. Within three months, he came to Canada using his uh, scholarship money that he saved and just taking almost next to nothing as food. I'll be honest with you, that was very wrong. And, and bought this car for, for less than $800 that he was going to ship to Nigeria. And I told him, how much is it going to cost you from Saskatoon to ship this? Remember, there's no, <laughs> there's no sea here. You got to take it to Vancouver. And you know what? By the time they maybe did the math for him, he was going to use about 3 k to, to ship a, <laughs> an old rickety car of 800 bucks. Uh, you know what? It pained him. That car stood in front of his house for almost a year before he gave. He sold it. For, for less than he bought it. It was like, I need to dispose this car. So what I'm trying to say again is, don't be in a hurry to impress people back home. Get yourself sorted out first and the rest will follow. Then with respect to old people that have been here but they are still struggling. A couple of things I would say, I, I know we didn't discuss that, but one thing I realized is you see people who are medical students right, and come here and, and try to qualify. They go and do jobs that are below what where they should be. You see lawyers, uh, you know, because they want to make ends meet right away, they take on jobs that, uh, that they shouldn't, rather than focus on qualifying. So what I tell people is, when you want to come in here, please make sure you have just some savings. It's important. Make that, you know, if, if I don't get a job for the next six months or one year, would I survive on X? And then, and then when you come, don't forget this social media now that you want to pose in one little car and send home that as the car you drive now, and this is the kind of house you live in. Nobody cares about those things. Hunker down, hunker down a little bit. Uh, and I'm telling that for those who are still, when you say struggle, everybody struggles, but there are those who are really in pain. In pain in the sense that uh, they're either losing their job or they haven't found the kind of job that they need. If you are a professional, a nurse, a teacher, please go and do the training. Teachers are wanted in Alberta, in Ontario, in BC, Stay focused. And once you get qualified, the sky is your limit. Mm. I, I, I recall somebody who, who was here, and actually my cousin, and he came. The first job he got, he was so happy. He did the math. He told me how much he was going to transfer home and all that. <laughs> I laughed at him. Uh, because what he didn't do, he didn't factor in the tax. By the time he was paid his first salary and he got the thing and he came to me, he came to the house, literally, telling me that he cheated him at the office. And, and he waited for me. I came back and uh, I, I called him. <laughs> I said, can I see your piece stop? And he gave it to me and I laughed. 
I said, because all you did was to divide by 12 in Nigeria. Maybe you don't pay tax. Here you pay tax. And this tax is important because this tax does A, B, C, D for us here. Mm-hmm. And that's why everybody pays. And that was a shocker for him. So, but again, that's the way these things should be done. You know, have people talk to you, help you do, you know. And then if you're doing well, you're blessed that you're doing well. You, you need to also look behind and around you and see those that you need to lift up. Because if you don't lift people up, honestly, that's not success. Mm-hmm. You, you can't be one tree. If you're one tree, when the wind blows, you're down. But imagine if you're a forest. Mm-hmm. If you have other trees that are around you, that are helping you to stand when the wind comes, that's the way I see it. So if you're doing well, you're blessed that you're doing well, that is great and you continue to do well. But hey, you got to look behind. You got to look around. You got to see people that you need to drive. And it's not that they're asking you for money. No, it just could be a pep talk, how to succeed. It could just be, you know what? You know, this is what you're doing. Why won't you try this? Why won't you try this? And when people are coming to you, don't lock up, open up. Allow people to come in. Nobody's going gonna to take your success away. Because the more the merrier, and that's what Wes is bringing in through Black North. And that's what we're doing as a co-chair of the mentorship committee or as a chair of the Alberta uh, BNI uh, uh, chapter here. So you got to open up and share information. Information is key. Um, the, God put you where you are today. Um, and uh, don't forget that you climb on the shoulders of other people before you got where you are. So that way... Uh, we keep the cycle going and, and it's good to be a good cycle here for us. And then for international students, uh, if you come in here as students, your, your parents are paying much or you would have saved money to come in. Uh, either way, but know that you, you need to remain focused. Focus on your studies first. Um, yeah, some parents send you here and ask you, yeah, you need to work and all that. I'm okay with working. But that first year, I want you to be a student. Don't work. Just be a student and tell your parents, Dr. Chika said so, don't work. And what that does for you is if you make a good grade in first year, then you challenge yourself to make further good grades. And then you learn the system. Remember that the system here is different from the Nigerian system that you know, and that you've been the best student. That's why they come in here and they don't do well. Mm-hmm. Focus on your studies. Then in the second year, yes, absolutely. Getting experience at any of the places, McDonald's, within the school environment, in the library, as a worker there, um, even for more scholarships, remember that if you do well in your first year, you can actually literally take all the scholarships that are available because you're doing well. Mm-hmm. So the scholarships will make you not to even work as much as you can, but I want you to have that work experience. I want you to have it from year two because then that opens your mind. That begins to give you the opportunity. Now you can work. When we went to school here, we couldn't work mm-hmm. outside the school. And even then, within the school, it was for a few hours. So uh, now you have the opportunity to work. Don't focus on working alone because... If your school results are not good, they will deport you. Mm-hmm. So achieve the purpose why you are here. Tell your parents, and hopefully they'll listen to this, you need to succeed. The only way you can succeed is pay attention. Now, when they ask you to now read, don't use that opportunity that you're playing video game <laughs> or doing other things and, and wasting your time on Snapchat and all those chatting things that are good. You might have time for it, but not all the time. And focus. If you remain focused, you know your purpose, you know where you're coming from, you know why your parents sent you here, whether they are rich or poor or middle class is the reason why they sent you here to get an education better than they did or even better than your peers. That's an opportunity that you should not squander. And the only way to do that is to focus. Mm. Wow. That's a handful, I would say. It's a lot. And um, I'm really, really grateful that we're having this conversation. So finally, what advice would you give to the younger Chica 
Wow. <laughs> I, I think I will say the same thing. Just believe in yourself. Uh, believe there's nothing you cannot do. Even when people say you can't, uh, show them you can, not by talking, but by showing them, by doing it, by, by just being focused, remain who you, you know, who you are. Let nothing change you and take it one step at a time. Mm. One step at a time. Success will come. I, I'll give you just a story, an anecdote, pure story, truth, something that happened in Saskatchewan. I, the day I came, I landed, um, the, 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 it was a weekend. And the Monday I had to go into the school. The Tuesday, uh, we were being host, were hosted by the, um, were hosted by the, uh, by the dean. So we went to the dean's house uh, to, to, to meet the profs and all that. And one of the professors that I met was Professor Stevenson, Cooper Stevenson. And uh, when I met Ken Cooper, Ken Cooper was supposed to be the, uh, it was the graduate chair when they gave me admission about three years ago and I kept deferring it. And he wrote that powerful letter to me to say, I know you're going to, you, you're considering going to Columbia. Because I opened up to him again, that opening up is important. And sent him the thing, not for any other thing, but to convince me to come to Saskatchewan, to build that, to build that building block for them. So the story here was at the opportunity when I met Ken at that place, I've never met him before. We communicated by email and, and, and he knew I was coming and he was there. We hit it up right away. We talked about soccer. He was originally from England and we talked, we talked and talked and talked with, then he, we found out we both played tennis. Wow, we actually fixed tennis the next day. And since then we've been friends. So what I'm telling the younger chica today is every time you have the opportunity to open up to people, please open up. Don't think that people will take away things from you. Mm. Open up. Believe. Believe in others. Trust people. People will disappoint you even when you trust them, but they trust them. They, they, people don't set out to disappoint you. Sometimes they don't disappoint you. They actually disappoint themselves. Mm. Because the good thing they disappointed because then you can set a new course. But mm. don't see that something that you bear grudges and all that. But last but not the least, it's something that I've, I, I hold dear. Please, no ego. No mm -hmm. ego. You know, just drop that, you know, no ego. You are this, you are that, means nothing. Mm -hmm. What matters is how you impact other people. So, and when people offend you, that's okay. You can, you can get angry because you're human. But mm -hmm. once you reflect on it, you know that they didn't offend you because they, 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 that's who they, that's, they turn out to offend you, you know, no, that's not it. It could be for what they don't understand about you. It could be out of their own fault. It could also be because you're just somebody that they can't understand. So, you know what? Too bad. But take ego out of it so that you can go to bed and sleep. You can wake up and do what you're called to do. And above all, maintain your plan and follow your plan. Mm. Be flexible about it as much as you can, but don't make sure that you don't lose your virtues. Mm. Thank you so much for that. Do you have any closing word for our listeners? The only thing I can say, first of all, thank you, Dave, uh, for what you're doing. This is great. Uh, you told me your story, and I'm so amazed at how far you have come. You, you went to work today, and you're still working. Uh, you've done the day job, and now you're doing some other things just to impact their community. So thank you for what you're doing. And for all those who are there, whatever you do, just do your best and, and, and relieve the rest for God, as we say in Nigeria. But just do your best and continue to do your best because the little things you do, those little drops of water are the things that make mighty ocean one day. So keep dropping those little drops of water uh, because it will fill in other people's souls and water other people's gardens 
and what are their pathways to good careers. They don't have to give you anything in return. Mm. But once they're happy, I'll make it who you are. Thank mm. you very much. Thank you so much, Dr. Chika. And I truly appreciate this. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fresh Start. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with someone you know and love. Please go ahead and subscribe on any platform you listen to your podcast. And also please take a moment to leave us a review because that would help us to reach more audience. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FreshStartUp. If you know any newcomer you think would be a good fit to interview for the podcast, we'd like to hear from you please go to www.thefreshstartup.com to nominate someone. We appreciate you and remember, no matter how hard the past is, you can always begin again. Take care and have a great week.